Hey everyone, this is Will from Beijing, China, and Happy Chinese New Year, and welcome to this brand new and exciting episode of The Missing Piece. Regrouping of separatist groups, the volatile situation in the neighboring Afghanistan and foreign support are key factors behind a new flare-up of violence in Pakistan, southern western province, according to the local political and security issues. Terrorism has reared its head in the mineral-rich province as dozens of security personnel and suspected militants have been killed in ambushes, clashes, and bomb blasts across the region in recent months. And one thing that we should know, that this key region actually connects China's strategically important northern western. It also includes a 64 billion CPEC project with Pakistan. When we come to think about terrorism, and we normally think about that most cases could happen in the western or in the European countries. But this time, Pakistan surely took the lead with the recent cases. So that's why, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our good old friend, Kahoot, and welcome back to the show. And again, he's going to help us to understand all the details. And with that, with that said, and we're going to get to more questions regarding the CPEC project and the relationship between China and Pakistan in this year and so many more. Kahoot, my brother, welcome back to The Missing Piece. Thank you very much. First of all, happy Chinese New Year, my friend, Mr. Will, and it's always a pleasure to be in the, your show. Thank you, my brother. Happy Chinese New Year to you, too. Now, again, before we mentioned regarding this terrorist attack, I want to bring something more positive as our intro. As you, you, know, you and I, we started talking at the beginning that this week, one of the exciting events took place in China. It's the Winter Olympics. Now, we know that the Chinese leader Xi Jinping that invited so many international leaders participated this opening ceremony. And of course, the leader of Pakistan also showed up. So my first question to you is, how significant is this? Well, this was a very significant event and, uh, you know, uh, as our Prime Minister also said that it, that in all uh, his life, this was his first participation in any Olympic uh, uh, ceremony. Mm. And it was a very huge, uh, like you can say, diplomatic event as far as the Pakistan-China uh, friendship uh, is concerned. Last time in Beijing Olympics 2008, our Prime Minister, then Prime Minister, uh, Mr. Yusuf Azagilani was also physically present here in the mm. Beijing. Again in 2000, now 2022, our Prime Minister was here. So I must say that in these critical times, especially when the pandemic is not, uh, is not totally over, mm. and when you know, there are some diplomatic strifes between China, US, Australia, Canada, you know, in, in all these scenarios, you know, keeping all these uh, recent diplomatic events uh, in the hindsight, I must say that this participation of our Prime Minister, Mr. Imran Khan, uh, in this opening ceremony of the Beijing Olympics uh, 2022, I think it's very uh, historical and uh, it's very, you know, we must say timely. You know, Kahoot, I want to say, 
one of the interesting things that a couple days ago, as soon as, you know, the Winter Olympics, the spirit of Olympics started to get picked up. A lot of my friends asked me the same question. It will say, hey, Will, did you get a chance to watch the Olympic or are you following any of the ongoing competitions? If I can be honest with you, as much as I enjoy the sports, but I have to admit, today, international communities, especially the negativity coming from the Western Hemisphere, they are treating this Olympic as not as an international sports event, but as a political soundbite, which is really frustrating for any of the sports enthusiasts or sports fans to really to understand the reasons behind it. So that's why I would say you've been in this international relationship for so long and you are one of the lead research on this economic you know, projects, you know, regarding between China and Pakistan. So my question to you is, why do you think that today that anything going on in China or anything related to China seems so positive, you know, seems so transformational, but meanwhile, it's so political? Is it really necessary for us to see this Olympic as a political way to deal with China? Yeah, I agree to you uh, to some extent that uh Today, whatsoever thing is coming from China, uh, these Western countries, I mean, they are looking on it, you know, with quite uh, skepticism. Mm. Uh, There are two things. One, there's a sports, you know, Olympics, you know, the biggest events, the sports event of this uh, world, you know. So this Olympic thing, you know, it is not a Chinese thing. I mean, come on. So these Olympics, they, you know, they uh, happen in different countries, you know, mm. periodically. So we all know that they originated from then Greece, the Athens, you know, from old times. And, uh, but, you know, this, the basic spirit of these games, you know, that is that, you know, as now the tagline of the Beijing Olympics is, you know, the sports of the games for the shared future. Mm. So, I mean, these things, these sports are actually the they are the events which are supposed to bring the nations closer That's diplomatically right. you know on all the friends and they are they are they are actually meant to be the uh, the engine of friendship between mm. different hostile nations but it's very unfortunate that very recently we have seen that uh, some uh, countries have uh, wrongfully uh, con- connected these sports with uh, you can say some politics and some hateful things which is very um, i must say unfortunate so but again you know we should uh, always keep an eye that you know more than uh, 25 global leaders were also present in the beijing including the mighty russia that's right, right? pakistan the central asian countries you know even so many countries uh, their heads of states were present, like physically present at Beijing, which is a very big thing, you know. And, uh, you know, who won how many gold medals, you know, that is the secondary thing, you know. That's right. Just the participation, because from Pakistan in this Winter Olympics, there was only one uh, player, mm. right? There was only one Olympian, because the winter sports are not so much common in Pakistan, because mm. we don't have so much harsh winters or you know these sort of things but 
uh, gradually and gradually, you know, the spirit of uh, these Olympics, even the Winter Olympics are being awakening in Pakistan as well. So hopefully things will further, you know, improve. But coming back to your query, you know, that these these hostilities are not against actually the sports. They are they are against the China. We mm. all know this. This is an open fact. That's you right. Know, we all know that, that, to, that today the, uh, the China is the global uh, economic superpower. Uh, but we but at the same time, that we all know that that it has this policy of non-intervention. Mm. So that's why, you know, it is not the number one military might power of this world, but at the same time, uh, it is leading on the economic front. And, uh, you know, we can talk about it later, but as the China is growing more and more on the economic front, it is sharing its prosperity in the form of this uh, Belt and Road Initiative. Mm. And, uh, we, and uh, we are all seeing that, you know, uh, these things are happening. And as a proof, you see that, as I mentioned earlier, that more than two dozens uh, of the global leaders were present. And they, uh, they, they uh, I must say, announced their uh, solidarity with China in these Olympics. Mm. Yeah. Before we move on to our next topic, for this session, I do have one more question I want to ask you, my brother. When you are watching the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympic, what were some of the thoughts running through your head? So in other words, how did you feel that when you were watching this magnificent and one and only the opening ceremonies, again, probably I don't want to say it's better than what, what we saw in 2008, but given this condition, given the circumstances, but this time I would say probably it's even much more mesmerizing or even more entertaining than what we saw in 2008. So again, going back to the question to you is, what were some of your thoughts and how did you feel? Yeah, you know, because I uh, couldn't physically uh, travel there due to the, pan the pandemic mm. travel restriction, even though I'm now physically present in China, just uh, three, and a half, three and a half hour uh fast train journey uh from beijing i'm sitting in jinan mm. so i couldn't travel but you know i followed it you know very passionately on the uh digital media platform so right. you know it was actually a matter of great pride you know a matter of great hope and uh, very happiness you know mm. because my prime minister was there he was there and uh when when pakistani contingent it entered in the stadium the chinese crowd it cheered you know it cheered just like they cheered That's from right. their own crowd so i felt so happy it gave me actually goosebumps actually <laughs> so you know uh, the all the lightings and all the you know the arrangements especially in these tough times of covid since i couldn't travel back to my home since four years so i was feeling homesickness also but you know witnessing this uh, opening ceremony actually i felt so happy very you know uh, passionately i followed it and i witnessed that you know very mm. systematically in a disciplined manner taking all safe and precautionary measures the conduct of this opening ceremony actually it gave me a lot of you know hope actually hope in the humanity in the long run that yeah that yes we have uh, passed uh, through these uh, these tough times of covid 19 and now we are moving towards uh, better times mm. and uh, what what is the more uh, better tool for the sustainable peace than the olympics or the sports where virtually all the world and their key players are are there at one spot 
and uh, the flag under the olympics flag and and another beijing olympics flag the motto of which olympics is the you know mm. sports for the shared future Brother, I am very touched by what you said. You know, by using the word called hope in humanity, or the sustainable, uh, uh, meaningful partnership. But let's get to our next topic, brother. As I share in the intro, that you know, when we think about the word terrorism, normally that wouldn't pick Pakistan will be the country linked to that word. But what happened recently in Pakistan, and again, there could be many reasons behind it, and that's why I want you to dive deeper and help us to understand. Now, if I can be honest with you, number one, some people say, or some com international community experts believe that India, it's one of the reasons why recent terrorist attacks happened in Pakistan. On the other hand. Pakistan was being uh, accused that of supporting what happened in Afghanistan, which is taken over by Taliban. Uh, I mean, what I just said in a, a few moments ago, that was a lot of information for us to understand and for us to digest. So let's go back to the foundation. Can you help us to understand what is happening today in Pakistan when we think about the word terrorists? You know, Pakistan uh, has been the front line uh, ally of the U.S. in the so-called war against terror, mm. which actually started in the post-9-11, uh, which was the September uh, 11th, uh, 2001, right. the notorious terrorist attack on the World Trade Center in the New York, United States. So after that, you know, when the U.S. bombed uh, Afghanistan, mm. so Pakistan supported Mm, the U.S. and the NATO forces in all letter and spirit. We were the uh, frontline, as I said earlier, in this war on terror. So as a repercussion, you know, Pakistan has paid a huge price, be it the human price, be it, the, be it in terms of uh, dollars or the monetary cost or the human cost or the infrastructure cost. So Pakistan has paid a huge price, mm. more than 70,000, more than 70,000 civilians and uh, military uh, lives, you know, the sacrifices is, is huge. Mm. So, you know, first of all, this is the historical uh, fact, which nobody actually can refuse. But very recently we have seen that despite having so much uh, you know, arms and ammunition and the support of nearly 50 countries in this NATO alliance, which which is North Atlantic Treaty Organization, you know, all of these like European countries and the Western countries, like uh, most of them were in this alliance. But despite of this huge military power, they couldn't conquer Afghanistan. You know, mm. They couldn't conquer the uh, few thousands uh, uh, the Taliban, you know. So eventually they had to go back. So when they when they went by when they went back again, so then again, you know, mm. Pakistan being the very close neighbor of of Afghanistan and the host mm. of millions of of of, of the Afghan uh, refugees, you know. Mm. So we are again, you know, uh, we are again facing the direct repercussion of that U.S. sudden pullout. I must say, from the Kabul, which uh, to this day the international relations experts or the war experts has failed to understand that's right that's so 
that so-called military uh, superpower, self-claimed so-called military superpower of the world, you know, it had to pull out its forces, you know, within uh, within the matter of a week. Mm. So again, Pakistan is embracing the impact and uh, specifically in these times when there are so many, you know, evil forces like Daesh, which you say, ah, yes, the, the Islamic State militants are also there. And then, of course, uh, uh, there has always been the hostility between uh, Pakistan and uh, India. So whatever bad thing happens in Pakistan, it has been a ritual that uh, India has blame. And uh, unfortunately, in the past, uh, the Pakistani military official has irrefutable uh, uh, proof uh, in the form of Kalbushan Yadev, the Indian serving uh, military official who was uh, caught from the neighboring Iran. And he uh, later, he uh, you know, claim the responsibility of the terrorist attack in Pakistan. So, yeah, in this uh, context, you know, the, uh, the claims of our Indian minister that India is behind it, you know, so we cannot ignore it. But again, I've given you the historical uh, evidence that, yeah, uh, Pakistan has always been in the front line in this war against terror. And we are again embracing this recent wave of terrorism, which which I hope that our security forces, uh, with the help of our very cooperating neighbors like China and even Afghanistan, because now the present government in Afghanistan, which is not so functional, actually. Right. But uh, we have seen, you know, considerable uh, decrease in the number of terrorist attacks, actually. So, you know, yeah. But brother, you know, I want to say, based on what you just said and based on what you just described, and we know that India today, it's actually playing a very dangerous game, if I can put it this way. Because on one hand, an Indian clearly understands that China and Pakistan has this irreplaceable relationship. But meanwhile, the foreign policy side from the United States of America has not shown any positive initiation internationally. Given the condition domestically, it's a chaos. It's a mess at this moment. So that's what I'm saying. If Indian is smart enough, we always say, pick your battle wisely. And, you know, if I can use a biblical reference, we always say David versus Goliath. If Indian see himself as the David, but I do want to remind you know, India and remind our viewers that this is a very, very uh, different scenario in the twenty-two in the two thousand twenty-two because this time David might not might not just be a dumb figure. Actually, it's going to be a lot more difficult to be overcome. Don't you think? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I perfectly agree with that because now you're now we are uh, living in this world. Uh, this world is very different than the late uh, 20th century, I must say. You know, things have been changed with so much pace. You know, now you cannot uh, just uh, keep on waging a proxy war in on one country and sit, you know, and show your better picture at the UN and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, do, do the lobbying in some big countries like China and That's Russia right. and the US, you know, and, you, and, and at the same time, you cannot play the victim card always. Right. So... We are, we, are, we, are, we are living in this world, you know, which is very globally integrated right now. And without mutual cooperation, even between the neighboring states, things cannot 
uh, function well. Mm. Just to give you an example, you know, recent because now there is a total chaos in Afghanistan. We all know their banks account, their foreign, their foreign assets have been freezed by the U.S., which claimed to be very, uh, you know, well wisher of the Afghan people, but it has not yet released the banking banking assets and the financial assets, which is worth nine point five billion dollars of the of the afghan government so the so from the economic side the afghan government is totally you know you we can see that it, that it is suffering paralysis mm. right but at the same time you know pakistan has sent some you know uh some aid medical aid and the food supplies to the to the afghan people china has sent you know the vaccines and other uh, aid to the afghan people That's china right. has actually started China has actually started the trade with the Afghan people so that Afghan government can be facilitated at the same time not to take credit from India which has also sent some you know uh, some food supplies to Afghan to Afghanistan to Pakistan because India has doesn't because India doesn't have the direct land uh, link with the uh, with the Afghanistan so Pakistan allowed India to use its territory so that the uh, situation of of Afghanistan uh, can be can be improved so so you see the example that one country afghanistan in which is in chaos due to the united states and the nato forces the 20 years worst this so called war against terror which has further pushed afghanistan into chaos but at the same time who is helping afghanistan number one china mm. number two pakistan and not to take credit from as i said earlier also india which is a good thing so you know in this world this especially in the post pandemic world we have seen that you know china has provided these vaccines all the world over under That's this right. global global alliance uh, on on vaccination mm. so so this is, you know in this present world what i understand mr will that only one way through which the nations can move forward and that one way is cooperation mm. That's right now brother my next question is again it sounds so strange is this supposed to be let us say an ongoing debate between Pakistan and Indian or Afghanistan and Pakistan, you know, but how did China get looped into this terrorism related issues? Because, you know, brother, as much as I do, China has a very, uh, um, I want to use the word concrete or strategic foreign policies in terms of dealing with allies and dealing with partners. But one thing that we all know that China has never meddled any foreign policies, especially in any other countries, because we believe that's supposed to be domestic issues, not an international concern. But somehow, because of this economic interest or because of this economic partnership between China and Pakistan, China right now is somehow got to loop into this. Can you help us to understand what role does China play related to fighting against the global terrorism or fighting against the, this global uh, uh, terrorist threats? Yeah, you know, China, uh, this policy of China, which is based on the total, you know, non- uh, intervention uh, in the, into the uh, into the domestic affairs. That's right. Of friendly countries, I think this policy is very commendable because uh, we you, because we see that you know in the recent past all these bad things which happened in the world. The basic reason was the uh, the unnecessarily uh, intervention by these imperial forces 
you know, in the least developed countries like Pakistan or, you know, just like this, or also in the Africa. Specifically, we see that in this 20 years prolonged, this war, this war against terror, you know, this war was being fought in the, in the neighborhood of China. Mm. But there was not even one incident, you know, when we see that China, uh, yet alone, you know, fight in this, but yeah, but yet alone taking any, you know, part in this war, just by the words, no, you know, it just, um, China just minded uh, its own, uh, its own affair, and uh, things were very good. So actually, so as a result, today we see that, you know, China has become a very great economic, mighty power, and the companies from starting from Apple, to Samsung, to IBM, all these big MNCs, you know, they have their uh, they have their assemblies uh, here in China. They are using, uh, so they are totally dependent on Chinese labor force. Mm. So yeah, this is the victory, you know, this is the fruit. The seeds of these fruits were actually sown, uh, you know, I must say half a century before, when then Chinese government actually, then Chinese visionary leaders actually, they decided that, look, we are not going to meddle into, or we are not going to poke our nose, poke our nose in someone else up here, mm. and just mind our own business. And you know, today we see that in not even one activity, not even one terrorist activity around the globe, nobody can put finger on the China because because everyone knows that mm. China means its own business. Brother, I got two more questions before letting you go. Let's talk about in this upcoming year. We know that many nations are going to face elections and these upcoming elections could actually change a lot more scenarios or a lot more international influence by the results for example india india is going to face a major election but by now we know that the current leader Miranda modi he has lost his space and not only because the mishandling of the pandemic but also among the younger generations people no longer see modi is this icon that really kept the words of the promises or really uh, try to change india in a more westernized way so i want to ask you briefly from your perspective how impeccable could be this election happened in india and how do you think that this upcoming election india is going to change the relationship between pakistan and india or the india and china yeah you know this uh, 2022 is going to be the global election year for uh, starting from brazil to india you know and so many countries uh the elections are going to be held which will actually shape the uh, global politics in the years to come as you asked me about the india yeah it's a huge country about 1.3 or 1.4 billion people mm. and uh, there's a great amount of indian diaspora which is everywhere we must admit you know the ceos of being the twitter google ceo the big company ceo you know they are mostly indians that's right it's a good thing which is a good thing but the leadership, you know, the, the most unfortunate thing which happens to India in the recent past is the uh, Prime Minister Modi, actually. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, because his party is uh, tilted towards right wing and it is considered as the right wing uh, political party, 
of India, but sadly it has some uh, relationships with the militant uh, groups in the India. And uh, this state, when I'm speaking with you, you know, there's a movement which is running against the Muslims, mm. and they are saying that they are saying that the Muslims cannot uh, follow their religious uh, clothing rights, you know, which they believe is uh, religious, which uh, which the which the militant forces in India claim that, you know, they cannot wear it because it's a Hindu majority country. Mm -hmm. So everyone should like, uh, should wear like what the Hindu or religion people wear, which mm -hmm. is actually, which, you know, which is actually very, very unfortunate because in this civilized world, as even in China, we see that, you know, uh, religion has nothing to, to do with the politics and everyone is free, you know, everyone is free. So, Things are, you know, not good in India. So specifically, if we talk about like Pakistan and India thing, it's a basic issue, which actually, which is the bone of contention between those be, between these two countries is the issue of Kashmir, which is actually unsettled. That's right. So Pakistan believe that the part of Kashmir, which the India actually governs is Pakistan called an Indian occupied Kashmir. Mm. And the part of Kashmir which is actually with Pakistan, but it but it is semi-autonomous. It has its own president and uh, prime minister. But India claims that it is the Pakistan occupied Kashmir. So mm. things are very fishy. So in this hostile environment, again, you know, President Modi, he has not acted like a you know president uh, the prime the prime minister of 1.3 billion people. Uh, he just uh, you know flame these waves of uh, militancy in India, mm -hmm. this hatred against non-Hindu groups and uh, be it Muslim, be it Christians, be it Maoist, be it, you know, Tamils, you know, which is very unfortunate. So talking about these, uh, you know, global elections, actually, so this is very crucial moment in the global uh, politics because uh, uh, India, South Korea, France, and uh, Brazil, that's right. You know, Philippines, Australia, Colombia, and Kenya, you know, all of these countries, even the US, you know, uh, they are going to witness their elections. Mm. You know, uh, lastly, the last election this year will be uh, in the United States, uh, I think in the November 2022, if I'm not wrong. So these elections will shape the course of global politics, especially in the post-pandemic world, you know. So let's hope that the newly elected uh, global leadership, uh, they will act responsibly. They will, they will go towards the resolution of conflict instead of flaming the already um, existent uh, conflicts and disputes, as I discussed in the case of India. And also in the case of the U.S., mm. and I hope that the coming leadership of these two great countries, uh, because I believe that you know the leadership doesn't define a nation. A nation That's is right. built up by its own people. That's right. right. You know, brother, I always say, again, as I mentioned many, many times, we will say not only that we appreciate the distinguished scholars and guests and panels like you, who are living in China, really witnessing that in the past few years, and of course the future, the upcoming years, that how China is going to be changed or going to be shaped, not only by the Chinese nationals, but also by the talents 
within the international communities. So that's why it's so encouraging, it's so uplifting that to hear a, such a positive and an encouraging message from people like you. Now, I'm sure that during the Chinese New Year season, even though that we might not be able to travel as much as that we would like to, but I always say in good faith that this pandemic is going to be totally taken care of. And so one day, I love to see you, sir, in Beijing, China, and we're going to have a live podcast all together, continue our conversation between China and Pakistan. So, Kahoot, thank you so much for your time. And I really, again, every time, not just this time, every time I enjoy the conversation with you, 